Welcome back for another episode of Porn Brain Reboot with me, Dr. Trish Lee. Uh, I am excited today to, in a non-triggering way, talk about the difference between real sex and porn sex, because there is a lot to be learned, and I soon will be making a video on why pornography is literally the worst sex educator out there in the world, and unfortunately, one of the most popular sex educators these days. And it's going to fall right in line with all the wrong stuff it teaches you, and it never teaches you the right stuff. So let's get started on the ever-growing list of the difference between porn sex and real sex. Okay, now let me just remind you, on this podcast and in my programs, my goal is to inspire you and motivate you to leave porn and sexually compulsive behaviors behind to free yourself from them so you can get on purpose and live the life of your dreams and more importantly, give you strategies and action steps. So let's dig in. Okay, so here's the difference. We're going to start with porn sex and then I'm going to compare it and contrast it to the real sex attribute that is kind of its pair on the other side of the graph. And I will tell you, there's a picture of this chart in my own uh, middle-aged sloppy handwriting on my Instagram feed at, at Dr. Trish Lee. And I made an extended cut version of this video with the same said chart on YouTube. Um, okay, so we are going to start with the vital parts of porn actors now, let me remind you, they are actors. The vital parts are much larger than the average vital part of a man in the world. The same but different holds for women. Women all look different. Many of the vital parts in pornography look very similar based upon what the viewer wants to see. So let me remind you that. Porn actors' penises are between six and nine inches. That is not the average in the real world. Um, in a colleague's book, she talks about it as civilian penises, which just cracks me up. That is a funny way to put it. But the average penis is between five and seven inches long. Now, think about it this way. Porn actors are hired for their their characteristics that they need to be a porn actor. Many times hired is a word also that is being used loosely because as we get down, I think it's three more points on this chart. You will learn if you don't already know that most people who are in pornography films are being exploited in one way or another. So we will leave it at that, but we will just say people are there because they have certain characteristics that they need to be a porn actor, one of which is large vital parts. Now, the reason that I care about this is because what it does and what science shows it's proven to do is that it creates self-esteem issues in the men out there in the world who are watching pornography. Because in your mind, you might think you're there for the females that are being portrayed, but in fact, you are watching the males and it gives young men and older men, but primarily young men in the world, low self-esteem and a comparison type of 
viewpoint when they are thinking about themselves. And that is not a healthy way to be. Comparison in any way isn't healthy for you. You should get in your lane, stay in your lane, and rock out your best life no matter what other people are doing. And I know how difficult that is in and of itself. But especially when you're comparing yourself in terms of vital parts or sexuality, it can be even more demeaning, especially in those adolescent years when people find pornography. So I want you to know this. The takeaway from point number one is that if you are average, between five and seven inches, you are doing great. Even if you're not, don't worry about it. And definitely do not try to compare yourself to what you see in pornography films because it is not something that exists in nature for the most part. So get back to doing you. Like my little daughter tells me, you do you, boo-boo. Yeah, I really didn't like that one the first time it came out, uh, which just cracks me up. She and I did her Enneagram test yesterday, and guess what? She's an eight, like her father. Uh, you do you, boo-boo. But in a healthy way, you do you, do you, and do it well. Because when it comes to real sex, your partner isn't looking for the number of inches that you hold. I want you to know that. A healthy partner wants you, all of you, regardless of how big the vital parts are. It is a whole body, whole mind, whole brain, whole person experience when you're actually with another person. And size is not what matters most. Uh, okay, so moving on, because I don't want to beat size to death here, is that in porn sex, in the films or the clips that you watch, there's instantaneous arousal. Now we know that in the real world, it takes 10 to 12 minutes to get the engine going in terms of arousal. So when you see, you know, the, the clip starts and everybody's just all hot and bothered, that is not the case in the real world. And we should be glad because guess what that gives us as humanity? It gives us the opportunity for sensuality to, to be together and to have connection and to share the experience so that it heightens over time. It's like a good meal. If you spend a lot of time preparing to have a delicious meal and then you just woof it down and you don't enjoy the, the meal in and of itself, and we're going to get to this, this probably bad analogy more in just a minute, is that it's not delicious when you just woof it down. What is delicious is having the first the appetizers come out, then having a salad or soup come out, then a little while later having your main course come out, then having dessert come out, then having coffee come out or an aperitif. And one of our favorite restaurants, um, from Buffalo, New York, where I'm from uh, originally, is called the Left Bank. And if you know that, it's down on Rhode Island Street. It's in this really uh, interesting place that you wouldn't expect it to be. It has the most delicious food. It's a pretty small restaurant, super cool ambiance. Love it there. But I haven't been there in years because I haven't really been back to Buffalo for um, you know extended time where I went out for dinner. But anyway, it paces the meal. You basically have your table for three hours. And that's an amazing thing if you go out with friends because it's paced over three hours. You know they're not going to boot you out because they want your table to sit another 
an, you know, another guest, you know that it's going to come out slowly and you're going to be able to hang out and, you know, maybe sip some wine or share time with your friends and have that meal unravel slowly and wonderfully. It's the same for real sex. When it comes to arousal, it gets to unfold slowly and wonderfully over 10 to 12 minutes. And that's based on science. That's the average. So it's not something that's instantaneous and we shouldn't even want it to be. That's the beautiful thing about it. Okay. So moving on in the same aspect, continuing our dinner analogy is that also you don't want, once your food comes, you don't want your food sitting at the table and having it be there forever. So in the same vein is that in pornography videos, arousal's instantaneous, but said pornography actor can go forever. And that is not healthy in the real world. So here's what I'm here to tell you about the real world is that once you reach arousal, on average in the real world, it takes three minutes to completion. And in pornography videos, a person is instantaneously aroused. And then of course, this is what the videos are built on. They can go forever. That is not a thing in the real world, nor should we want it to be. So let me tell you why from a neurological, from a brain standpoint, is that when you try to go forever, and I know there's lots of people out there that try to go forever and will succeed because of this neurology, is that when you are going for a very long time in terms of heightened arousal and you keep going, what happens is you fry out the dopamine receptors in the reward centers in your brain. And what that means is they are no longer excited or aroused at lower levels of stimulation. They need very high levels of stimulation for a very long time. And that's a problem because when you give your brain high levels of mental, visual, auditory, in terms of consuming pornography, physical stimulation in terms of masturbation. When you give your brain that, what happens is you are continuing to fry out those receptors and continuing to fry out the reward center. And guess what happens? Erectile dysfunction. And that is not a place I want you to go. And if you're already there, and I know there's so many people suffering and struggling, I talk to many people. And at the same time, science shows that more and more young men are struggling with porn-induced erectile dysfunction. I'm here to tell you, you have to back out the porn consumption and all the stimulation, mental stimulation, if it's fantasy that you go to, and physical stimulation of masturbation. I know people want to hang on to that one. Masturbation is a way to regulate your mood. It's not even about sex. It's about taking the edge off of your mood so you can feel better and get rid of uncomfortable feelings. You need to learn how to do that in a new way because you cannot go forever and you shouldn't even want to because you are damaging your brain. And I do not want that for you because if you damage your brain, when you go to have real sex, there's no way you'll be able to get to completion within three minutes. You will have to go forever and you will not be able to get there because the rewards, the reward center and those receptors are no longer working. So what happens for so many people is 
in their real life, they either can't get erect and can't go for it at all, or if they do, they have to go forever and it doesn't work and they'll have to reach completion with either fantasy or with masturbation. That is not healthy for you in the long run in terms of real sex. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to want that for you because you deserve to be able to be with a partner and with a honey and have have lower levels of intensity, but higher levels of arousal and uh, sensuality, like I already talked about. You deserve that. You deserve a whole person experience. Okay. Now, moving right along, is that we know that from the science, <clears throat> when it comes to pornography, only three to 20% of the win- of real women have considered trying the low level acts that you see in the pornography that you watch. We'll just stick with 3% because it is so low. So what this means is that hardly any women in the real world want to do anything that you see in porn. And another study that I'll be making a video about shows that the five main acts that are in mainstream porn, the five main acts that women show a pleasurable or neutral response that no women in the real world enjoy it. 97% of the time, women in porn are shown enjoying and they're low-grade violent acts. So choking, gagging, slapping, spanking. There's one more. I forget what the other one is. And it's seen as a pleasurable response in the porn actor. Real women do not actually enjoy those acts. So here's what I'm here to tell you. You are learning from porn what you should do. You're seeing the acts, and if you continue to watch it, you continue to use the neural pathways that tell your brain this is what women like because you see the acts over and over, and you see the women in the scenes respond with pleasure or neutrality. That that these are acts that are shown that real, actual women would, if these videos were real, respond with a negative response. They would in real life be like, yo dude, that's not what real sex is about. And that is what I'm talking about. So what happens is, and the dynamics go so deep and we don't have that much time here, but what happens is when you try to pull that off in your real life, usually partners will, there's, there's codependent aspects that are usually wrapped into a compulsive sexual behavior in terms of a relationship. So many times women will do those things at the beginning of a relationship in that lust phase that we've talked about before. But then as they transition into, okay, you know, this is going to be a partnership, they were doing things that they didn't actually enjoy in the first place. That is the mistake not in not wanting to do them forever. And so many people complain, you know, my girlfriend, my wife used to do these things and now she won't do them anymore. It's because she didn't actually like them in the first place. She was trying to please you because she was into you. I want you to know that. And the way to discover this is have an honest, open conversation with your partner and let her know it's safe to tell you what she actually likes. And then you can springboard from there and actually do it. That is how you establish healthy sexuality, finding out what each other innately, inherently, deep down inside, actually enjoy and become aroused to 
when it comes to sexuality and doing those things together and sharing the experience. But I want you to remember your template, your sexual arousal template has been stained by pornography consumption. You've learned that the things that you've seen are good and that you like them and that women like them and you may not even like them. It's just that the neural pathway has been used 10,000, 20,000 times. So you have to remember that, you know, your framework needs to be shift shifted also. Okay. Now moving on. We already started to talk about the fact that it is an exploitive performance. So when you are watching the performers perform this performance, I want you to digest all that performing that I'm talking about. It's not real. And you are a fourth wall onlooker. You're not a participant and none of it's actually real. It's all, it's like a movie. So like I talk about in the video I made, it's like the Avengers. The Avengers aren't real. And that whole thing is scripted in the Avengers movies, which are awesome, by the way, but it's all scripted. None of it's real. Avengers aren't real and nor are the scripts that they go through. So when they go to attack people and go to rescue people, it's all scripted. The same thing happens in pornography. Those people are not really having sex. The whole thing is scripted. It's scripted to suck you in and hijack your brain. And those actors are not real people. They are primarily exploited through their wounds and their holes inside to be there. And so we know that the number one uh, reason that there's human trafficking in terms of sexual human trafficking is pornography. So uh, we won't go there, but I want you to know none of it's real. Those people do not want to be there. Even if they think they want to be there in the moment, you can watch lots of videos. Um, Fight the New Drug has a great feed on Instagram where you can learn how people are coerced into being there mentally and physically sometimes. And then they cannot wait to get out. And they, the ones that get out are so glad that they do. Now, opposed to real sex, when it comes to real sex, your partner wants to be there with you. Now, remember, you took the time to heat up the kitchen and get the dinner going and to have it come out, you know, one uh, phase at a time. Real sex is a special experience with another person where you connect and you share and you're both very glad to be there and you both want to share it with each other and you want to have pleasure with each other, connection, happiness, all of that good stuff together. Okay, so moving on. Porn sex is unidimensional, and I already mentioned intensity. It's unidimensional. There's only one dimension to it, intensity. Looking for, seeking for that intensity and that dopamine hit for your brain, and we know it's for mood regulation to bring that up regulated brain that's feeling anxious or is triggered by stress to bring that down. Unidimensional when it comes to real sex, it's multi-dimensional. It involves so much more and it involves more neurotransmitters, which allows it to be for connection, for happiness, for joy, for peace, for intimacy and connection. Very, very important. Okay. So pornography, you're a fourth wall observer. It is meant to isolate you, but it feels like it's creating connection for you. And I know that, and I understand that it feels like you're connecting to the people and through fantasy, you might feel like you're there. You might feel validated. It might feel like 
it's a, an amazing experience that you're having, but it's not an experience. It's a viewing. It's like watching a movie. It's not real. So it is isolation and you're actually denying your needs. It's actually an act of self-sabotage. So, so many people learn when they're young through trauma and family dysfunction that they have to get their own needs met and that it's easier and better to do that than it is to throw yourself out there, risk rejection, have to do the work and building connection with other people, which is scary. So they just go to porn or they go to sexually acting out in other ways that that denies their need for intimacy and connection to another person. So it's self-sabotaging, isolation, where real sex is about connection and your needs are getting met. We all have an evolutionary need of connection and sexuality within us. And when you have sex with a healthy partner in a healthy way, you are allowing yourself to connect with another person and get your needs met in a healthy way. Okay, so we know also that porn sex, when you are watching porn, it is a way for you to avoid your feelings. It is avoiding feelings. It is intensity and dopamine to avoid the feelings you have inside, opposed to real sex is you tapping into your feelings and becoming aware of your feelings, being glad, feeling content, feeling connected, feeling intimate, letting yourself down and being present in the moment, opposed to when you watch pornography, you're taking yourself out of the moment, dissociating into fantasy so that you can escape your feelings of the moment. And in doing so, porn sex creates more anxiety. We know this from the science that it makes you feel more anxious after the fact and throughout most of the cycle, except for when you're watching porn. So your brain learns that you need to go to porn sex to feel okay. And it offsets seeming life that is painful to be in only because you've trained your brain. There's not enough dopamine there. When you have real sex with a real partner in the real world, what happens is you teach your brain that happiness and pleasure are in fact in the real world with other people. Connection, not isolation. You can see how this all works together. So porn sex increases anxiety while real sex increases happiness and joy. And it also has pleasure there too. Okay. The second to the last thing is porn sex increases shame. It exists in secrecy. It goes against most people's moral codes. It is not something that you want to do, which makes it a compulsion. So when you go back for more and you feel like you can't control it, even if you are at the stages where you think you're controlling it, yet you kind of know you're not, it increases shame and it perpetuates itself. When you learn and you remind yourself that being sexual with another human being is evolutionarily the way that brains work. There is no shame in that. You're being a human being. Welcome to the human condition. It involves sexuality. So when you understand that, shame dissipates. It's natural. It's a natural thing. And, you know, parents back, probably parents now, I'm teaching myself to help my children figure this out because they're teenagers. Dear God, help me, right? That's a... Uh, a challenging place to be with so many teenagers who are 
in fact, becoming sexual beings, and I'm helping them to do so in a healthy way, not go to porn because they're taught that they shouldn't have sex, go to real humans to connect with them at younger ages. Intimacy is connection. It doesn't have to be sex just to throw it out there again. So teaching them that, you know, having feelings for other people and feeling sexual towards other people, it's natural and they can act on it when they're old enough and responsibly uh, within the confines of whatever is appropriate for them and their, their families. And that's different for all people. And I know it gets tricky and we're not going to go there, but it is natural. I want you to know that it's natural for brains. So there should be no shame associated with it. Now, the last points are porn sex is fake. I want you to write that down. If you have difficulty remembering that, I want you to remember they are performers. They are not there because they want to be there. They are not there for you. They're just performing. You are not connected to them. It's isolation. You're self-sabotaging your brain and your life when you go back for more porn sex. It is wounding you. It is damaging your brain. It is creating problems in your relationships, whether you know it or not. It is not healthy. It is fake. F-A-K-E. Fake. Now, real sex with another human being that you build connection and intimacy to is in fact real. R-E-A-L. Real. If you remember nothing else from this podcast, I want you to remember porn sex is fake real sex is real. That's the takeaway today. Stay in reality. Don't go to unreality and to illusions. They will not serve you. They are not healthy for you. Stay here with me in the present. Get on purpose in your work. Create work that you love. Do something that you love all day, every day. Create relationships that feed you, that are just amazing and they make you feel good. And start doing your hobbies that serve you in a way that you can't even imagine. Get on purpose and rock out your best life and it will stay real. All of it will stay real. Okay, that's our message for today. And I want you to remember these distinctions so that you go for the real and avoid the fake because your brain will thank you. Okay, now if you need help on this journey, I am here for you. Go on over to my website, drtrishley.com. My 90-day program is proven by science. All the pieces are built on science to be effective, to help you move through this journey. And I have to tell you that every single day I get an email from someone in the program thanking me for creating it and for allowing them to be able to become successful in what is ultimately a very difficult journey for many people. So I'd love to support you in that journey. If it feels good, go on over and check out the details there. And uh, if you have any thoughts or questions, reach out to us. And as always, control your brain or it'll control you.